Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Friday, October 30th. Here are election 2020 updates from today's show. The Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled last night that the state of Minnesota must set aside ballots received after Election Day. The federal appeals court decision means Minnesotans must return their mail-in ballots by Tuesday for them to be counted, upending plans that the state had been advertising to keep counting absentee ballots postmarked by Election Day for another week. The Trump campaign celebrated this as a major victory that could tip the state to Trump. The decision sent Democrats scrambling to warn voters. This court ruling comes on the eve of scheduled rallies today in Minnesota, by Trump and Joe Biden. Trump is going this afternoon to Rochester, Minnesota, which is home to the world-famous Mayo Clinic and also happens to be where my mom lives. The city's mayor and that hospital are alarmed about this rally, which will disregard state health guidelines that call for limiting crowds to 250 people. The mayor is pleading with elderly folks to stay away, and the hospital is suggesting that anyone who goes to Trump's rally should get tested after they do. And there's good reason for them to be nervous. Two people who attended Trump's rally at the airport in Gaston, North Carolina, have tested positive. Trump's rally in Tampa yesterday resulted in 17 attendees needing medical attention, with at least a dozen taken to the hospital. The president spoke for an hour in 87-degree heat outside of Raymond James Stadium to a largely maskless group of supporters. Trailing in the polls and with little time to change the trajectory of the race, Trump complained angrily that the coronavirus is getting too much media attention. And he openly mused about losing. The Tampa Fire Department said afterwards that one of the attendees fainted in the heat, another had a seizure. This kind of stuff happens at rallies, but it comes two days after 30 people who attended Trump's rally in Omaha, Nebraska, needed medical attention after poor planning by the campaign and transportation snafus resulted in hundreds of Trump supporters being stuck outside for hours in below freezing temperatures, unable to get to their cars, which were miles away. Seven were hospitalized. Biden also campaigned in Tampa on Thursday, but no one at his event needed to be hospitalized. He spoke at a socially distanced drive-in rally on a college campus. People stayed in or near their cars. Biden said Trump is spreading more than just the virus. He's spreading division and discord. And then he added, if Florida goes blue, it's over. And there are growing concerns about discord and division and potential violence around the election. Walmart said yesterday that it has removed gun and ammunition displays from thousands of its U.S. stores, citing concerns about potential civil unrest. A spokesman for the world's largest retailer said they moved the guns and ammo off the sales floor as a precaution for the safety of their associates and customers. And yesterday, the FBI arrested two men, including the self-proclaimed leader of a white supremacist group called The Base, as part of a pre-election crackdown on violent extremism. Three weeks ago, the Bureau foiled a plot to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. In other election-related news, the Trump campaign unveiled a television ad targeting Latinos in South and Central Florida, as well as Arizona and Nevada yesterday, that drew a connection between the hopes and aspirations of immigrant communities and the president's pandemic response. Biden announced yesterday that if elected, he would sign an executive order on day one, establishing a task force to find the parents of the 545 kids who are still separated from their families as a result of Trump's immigration crackdown at the U.S.-Mexico border. Biden's plan is featured in a new ad highlighting what he says are inhumane conditions at the border. These efforts come as my colleagues Jose Del Real, Amy Gardner, and Jenna Johnson report that Democratic consultants are freaking out 
that early turnout among Latinos in some states is lagging expectations. Polls show Latinos could be decisive, not just in places like Nevada and Arizona, but also in Michigan and North Carolina, where they're a growing part of the electorate. Nationally, an estimated 32 million Latinos are eligible to vote in 2020. But experts who study the Latino community say that many of those eligible voters remain alienated from the political process and have received little information from the campaigns about how to vote. Democratic strategists, on the other hand, are heartened that young people are turning out in droves. Major social movements driven by young activists around climate change, gun safety, and Black Lives Matter have led to an explosion of civic awareness among younger Americans who are on track to break the record that they set in 2008. Twelve years ago, 48% of eligible voters under 30 voted, and Barack Obama got elected president. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. If you want to hear full episodes, find The Daily 202 every weekday morning wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.